Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Pledge Allegiance. This week, we have on two very good friends of mine, Brian Flynn, the founder of Rabbit Hole, and Mel.eth, one of the most active participants in Co-op, and has written lots of interesting things about meta-governance. Today's topic of discussion is meta-governance. Meta-governance is one of those things that I think most people still don't understand, still haven't heard much about. A few projects have started to think about this concept. Index and Rabbit Hole are some of the biggest projects to start sort of publicly talking about it, and more importantly, actually putting it into practice, which is why I brought them on. So we'll sort of get things started. And my first question is basically, yeah, like what is meta-governance? How do you define it? And how do you think about it? Starting with Mel. Meta-governance is really quite simply your neighbor's governance. What participant protocols, other protocols for which you might have tokens in your treasury or within the products, within, say, an indexing token. Really, what meta-governance is, is the ability to influence another protocol's operations, maybe even elections, things like that, using the votes that you have within the tokens in those products or within your treasury. Put quite simply, meta-governance is just using the governance influence that you have to influence another protocol. I'd say that pretty much sums it up. Got it. Brian, anything to add into that definition? I think just to make the definition more specific... Reverse like the participation of a specific DAO in the governance of other DAOs is I think, how we think about it at Rabbit Hole. So specifically, you need a DAO that has some assets within it, within treasury, then is using those assets in another protocol's governance. That could either be delegated voting power or assets in the treasury itself. I think a lot of our listeners are TradFi people, or at least a good bunch. One simple kind of analogy for this would be when you buy stuff like ETFs, you give them the issuer some money, it goes into a pool. The pool of money buys some securities, and then all of a sudden, the ETF issuer has securities in that pool. And then the question is, well, who gets to vote on those securities? Is it the issuer or the person who gave the issuer money? And that's one way to think about meta-governance in the context of traditional markets, and then similarly here. Now that we've sort of defined it, could you guys talk about how your respective projects have implemented and thought about governance? Mel, I know Index has been doing it for a long time. Over at Index Co-op, how we sort of think about and apply governance is we take the governance power that's within our products, we forward that to delegated addresses, and then we allow index token holders, so effectively our community, to vote on how they would like the votes to go in those participant protocols. And then as long as we achieve quorum, basically whichever way the vote goes, it's an over a 50% vote. If we do not achieve quorum, we have a backstop. The stated goal here is to be a good ecosystem partner. We call that the Meta Governance Committee. It's a committee of five voters that step in and vote if we don't achieve quorum. The idea there is if there isn't sufficient interest among the community, it's effectively a protective function to make sure that we're still being a good governance partner, despite there not being sufficient community interest, which we find sometimes with the more operational votes in other protocols. Got it. So it's somewhat similar to how some of the proof of stake governance systems, I'm thinking of Cosmos in particular, where if I've delegated my tokens to a certain validator, they will have a default sort of decision if I, as the delegatee, don't vote. But if I do decide to vote, it sort of overrides what the validator has decided. Although I guess the difference would be with index, it votes as one sort of entire block. Like everyone 
the decision is binary in terms of how indexes of protocols voting. Whereas in proof of stake, like if there's $20 million under a certain validator, that 20 million could have like two or three different governance decisions. That's correct. The amount of votes, vote is a block. And that block vote is effectively determined by the index holder vote, correct? Like I said, though, only if there's sufficient interest by the community. Otherwise, it kicks out to that community of deciders. Or sorry, that council, the meta governance committee of deciders. And that's a council of five. And that's just three out of five is the deciding vote. Got it. And Brian, Rabbit Hole recently announced their meta governance strategy as well. How does it differ? The biggest difference from Index is that because Rabbit Hole doesn't have a token itself, and so there isn't really a quorum needed necessarily for a proposal to be passed through, it's just a single address that is voting on behalf of the community that has much more discussion. So it's much more off-chain than, say, Index in itself, sort of in its initial V1. But the biggest difference here also is that the way that Rabbit Hole accumulates tokens is through a Bidu DAO transaction. So Rabbit Hole runs these mini token distributions in the form of quests on the side of Rabbit Hole to help protocols acquire users and is accumulating tokens in each of these protocols for kind of conducting these quests. And so instead of just having those tokens remain idle, we sort of outsource the governance responsibilities to the meta governance pod in, inside of our DAO, which is tokenless. And so they really start deciding on how we use those tokens. So right now we govern about 12 different protocols and the community makes decisions on how we should sort of soft vote and with each of those things itself. For those 12 projects, how has the community selected the representatives and is there a process or some accountability for how they're deciding to vote? The way we choose projects right now are for the ones that have run quests inside Rabbit Hole itself. There's sort of a ongoing iterations on how we actually pick representatives for each inter project. We sort of did a draw of who wants to rep certain projects that we keep sort of a tally inside of our discord of the ongoing proposals in itself, and then try to vote with that aligns with our values of rabbit hole as much as possible. I think one of the most interesting things about rabbit hole governance and self in terms of meta governance is that a lot of the time in governance, you're voting what's best for token holders, like a financial incentive. The community of rabbit hole and meta governance actually decides how to vote based upon what's best for end users, like retail users, like small people. And then also what aligns best for making protocols most sustainable. Those are the two most important things before sort of like the financial interest of token holders. Seems like one challenge Derek and I have seen at Reverie is it's really hard to quantify what good governance looks like because often the outcome of the vote, the feedback cycle takes maybe three, six, maybe even 12 months. How do you guys think about are we successful in voting? Is our community successful in voting versus not successful and hopefully reward success? I think you touch on one of the really unique challenges of discussing meta governance. And really it is that, how do we measure the impact in a space where impact is largely how things get rewarded? One of the very specific challenges there is that if a proposal is successful, largely it's regarded as the proposal itself is successful. People don't necessarily look at the process and say, wow, that process was just fantastic. However, if something goes wrong, usually the process is blamed. So I would say there's a negative visibility bias on some of these things as well. The other thing that's difficult is context. Hard to measure, generally only the negative rises to the surface. And then because, as you mentioned, these are discrete events, typically you have to build an incredible amount of context 
around maybe a topic or maybe even around the process if users aren't necessarily used to engaging with it, just to move maybe a single initiative forward, just to kind of expand a little bit on the challenges there, kind of as we see them in some of the practical application. Yeah, plus one, I think the hardest challenge is definitely the context. And there's so many proposals being passed through. How do the contributors actually gain of context in order to make the right decisions? In the beginning, sort of trying to create as much context as possible for every single proposal that was being passed through all 12 protocols they were looking at. But it didn't make sense if something was just a simple technical upgrade or choosing like which blockchain to build upon or expand to. It became sort of a differing of values of what the rabbit hole metagovernance was actually looking into. We've sort of started to reduce the amount of proposals that we're like actively contributing to sort of that capacity. I think having just gone over like the high level of what metagovernance is, I think the most interesting part of it is the sort of DAO-to-DAO implications and how if a decision is important enough, you see like an entire community of token holders or contributors just like galvanized to really vocalize their input and try to change things in the other protocol. One traditional example is when Uber was sort of just getting off the ground, one of their major battles was whether or not they'd be allowed in New York City. Bill de Blasio, who was mayor at the time, really didn't like Uber. He was aligned with taxis and had a lot of the city's politicians on the side of the taxis. And it wasn't looking good for Uber. So what Uber did was they put in the app itself in New York City, they had like a huge banner like, hey, like Bill de Blasio is thinking of banning Uber, banning the startup, which would make it unusable for you guys. Voice your opinion and click this button and call them and it'll take 30 seconds to voice your opinion. And they ended up getting like hundreds of thousands of users to contact their representatives in New York. And it actually worked. You can see these pretty interesting cases where just like stakeholders for these protocols slash startups, there's just a really clear way for them to voice their opinion via token holder voting. I wonder if meta governance evolves to be sort of this massive DAOs with thousands or tens of thousands of people making decision on behalf of a DAO, or if it's sort of something like an index model where it's more of a small community actually making tokens that holds a large number of tokens in another protocol. I think there are two distinct approaches. Haven't seen sort of that mass DAO model exactly work, but if rabbit hole is successful, it can potentially become that where we have a bunch of users basically voicing their opinions on certain things to kind of get them passed through representing sort of the end retail user in that regard. To get a little bit more tactical, and maybe index could be a good stomping ground here to chat about the tactical stuff, is whenever like a governance decision is made, there's often huge consequences to many different stakeholders. And typically in governance, it's recommended that you really have a clear beneficiary in mind when you're voting so that you know who gets to benefit at whose expense, because it does sometimes come at someone else's expense. But with index in particular, I guess you could picture a situation where the assets held by index, you can vote with them in a way that benefits A, either index or B, benefits the underlying token. So the protocol that index is holding. How do you guys handle those sort of situations? At index, we really just try and raise awareness around these things. You bring up an excellent, really sort of philosophical question. Do we act to benefit our community as defined by, say, index token holders, or do we act to benefit our product users? And our answer is generally we try and do both. And those things generally line up pretty nicely. 
The way we also see it is it's an accretive cycle. So we can use the meta governance and governance powers of the index token to provide integration, say, for example, that will benefit product holders. And also in sort of reported practice has increased AUM, which then increases our meta governance power. So it's this positive sum value creation loop sort of as we see it that has this nice network effect as we add more tokens, unlock more tokens for meta governance. Again, as unit supply, AUM grows, voting power goes with it. For listeners new to meta governance, what proposals do you guys think just like really demonstrate the potential impact that they can have? I think that two, what I would call sort of sister proposals within our forum that are very nice are getting assets listed on Aave. So we've done this for Fay, and we've done this for ourselves with the DeFi Pulse Index. So basically the process here is we have enough Aave tokens within DPI to propose on Aave. So we've used those tokens in the past to propose that Fay be listed, that DPI be listed. And then we've also gotten DPI using that proposal power listed on Polygon, the lending market, and also Aave Arc. We're one of the first ones there as well. So it's basically using those tokens to go ahead and propose has been, I would say, one of the more impactful things to date for both our protocol and a partner protocol, but two very separate and distinct proposals. Yeah, I remember seeing, I think the Faye one in particular, and I think in this case, like Faye is a reputable protocol and I think it's a win-win for Aave holders, Index and Faye, but what are your thoughts on people potentially using Index in this meta-governance process as an attack vector into protocols like Aave because of the outsized impact that you're gonna have from buying Index tokens? It's something we think about a lot. Effectively, as we see it, the index token provides leveraged governance of other protocols. That being the case, if that leverage were to become excessive, what you described there is somebody could acquire index tokens and use that to vote in a participant protocol in a way that would force that protocol to perhaps do something that maybe the contributors to that protocol wouldn't like or might have negative knock-on effects in the ecosystem. There's sort of two aspects to that. Really, one is working with that participant protocol to understand what they would like to have happen. Basically, being a good partner involves understanding your partner's needs as we see it. The other side of that is education. As I mentioned, the implementation that we use is our community votes within these participant protocols proposals. So educating our community, having a high context community is something we value and we try and really push on as a value driver for our organization and something we consider valuable among our contributor community. We are starting to explore really kind of educating the broader index holding community on these things and trying to inspire voting in that way. Not all meta-governance proposals hit quorum. We've noticed an increase recently in the interest in meta-governance in particular. I think as the value of these things are recognized, it really draws more people to the space. I can't think of a project that has thought more about governance and meta-governance than index. I guess just for listeners who don't have a token yet and don't have meta-governance, what are some of the gotchas, the mistakes you guys had to live through to develop the process you have today? The first time you go through any process, you learn a lot. So for example, that proposal process that I described on getting assets listed on Aave, there was a proposal, and this was a little bit of time ago. I probably should have refreshed prior to this podcast. But ultimately, the idea was it was for a Uniswap grant. And ultimately, we tried to propose, and there were basically, we didn't get it right. I believe we pulled the delegation prior to the full proposal process. 
there were some other factors that kind of made that okay. The participant protocol that we were proposing on behalf of effectively decided uh, through other feedback that they received that they were no longer interested in pursuing that proposal. That being said, there is a technical lift to these things. We're learning as well. And I think we carry that into the next iteration and learn from it and iterate on improvement. What you mentioned there is that Index Coop really is, as I see it, as far as I'm aware, at the forefront of the practical application of meta-governance. That's kind of it. We're hoping to really just learn, understand, and get good at this stuff. Just to double click on what you said, because I think for a lot of people, governance is like a qualitative process. It's not very technical, but you mentioned there are sort of technical gotchas, for lack of a better word, that one has to go through to engage in governance. Could you share a little bit about what those technical pickups can sometimes be? A little context building. You can pretty squarely split governance into two categories, on-chain and off-chain voting. On-chain effectively means that your vote is recorded on the Ethereum blockchain, and usually there's some implementation that happens automatically. The other implementation is really most people use snapshot, and that's considered off-chain voting. The term we use a little bit is turkey as a reference to the mechanical Turk. There's humans in the background that kind of have to shuffle some of these things from A to B and maybe push some buttons on a multi-sig. So that being the case, the technical implementations, I would say, vary pretty widely depending on whether or not you're on-chain or off-chain. We're primarily off-chain. We use Snapshot for all of our voting, both on within Index Coop proper and on all the participant protocols. They all live in the same channel on Snapshot, but that's sort of the front end. And then on the back end, we go and we execute these votes on the participant protocols. I would say that process, one of the biggest challenges there is timing. A vote goes up on a participant protocol. We usually have some amount of time to react. A lot of this is automated in that it ports over to our snapshot automatically. We do a check, a sense check, but it's there. And then we have to end that snapshot vote for our community with sufficient time for us to go execute that vote on the participant protocol. We don't always make it in time historically. This is something we're working to improve. But just by way of example, that's probably one of the more common, I'd say, challenges of implementing meta-governance is that you have to work within the time constraints of your partners and allow yourself ample time to get things done as well. Brian, what about you? In terms of Rabbit Hole recently launched their meta-governance strategy, I think in early January. Are there any specific things you guys are seeing how it plays out and any key decisions that you're sort of thinking about in terms of like newly launched processes? I think one of the biggest challenges I slightly mentioned before, we could touch more upon it, was what is our role as a sort of active participant in these ecosystems? Like if we're voting on proposals or technical upgrades, you probably don't make much more sense. But if it's something that affects end user, it makes a lot more sense. Something we're thinking about pretty actively is, should we play more of an active role in these protocols? So not just vote on proposals as they come through, but should we actually be creating proposals a lot more actively? And it's sort of this delicate balance of, of course, the more protocols you work with, the harder it is to create proposals. But we really want to be working very closely with our protocol partners and making sure that they're getting the best quality contributions as possible from Rabbit Hole as a DAO in sort of that scenario. So just trying to figure out how to get the right talent on the Rabbit Hole DAO side focused on the right problems in these protocols to start improving them since we are really focused on how can we improve it from a end user standpoint. Yeah, I imagine that there's some natural synergies, like given that one of the main goals of Rabbitle is to help the DAOs that they partner with grow and scale and acquire users. Like one of those main 
buckets of users is like active governance participants. And I think that the rabbit hole could be a great funnel for that kind of talent. And if there's a way to scale that process in terms of creating impactful proposals, it makes a lot of sense to do it. Exactly. One of the things that we found is that instead of a contributor going to one of these protocols and just trying to voice their particular community to start pushing things through, they may not have a lot of tokens in the first place to kind of make a huge impact. So instead, they'll come to the rabbit hole DAO and become a contributor, which they can now start creating proposals for the protocol that they want to work with and just use the rabbit hole tokens in its treasury to make a, a larger impact. We're sort of training governance participants in that capacity through our initiative for meta-governance right now. Well, on this topic, so I imagine for certain proposals, the politics of them do get pretty contentious, where some people are yay and some people are nay. Within the meta-governance of rabbit hole and index, what happens if there's disagreement among community members on how to vote? How do you guys handle those processes? I can speak a little bit to index coop. We have a very robust governance forum where we attempt to really bring in all the relevant inputs, really through tagging. Our forum is effectively a call and response function. So somebody will put up a proposal, there'll be feedback, typically edits. At some point in the process, the status changes from draft to proposed, at which point effectively that kind of puts everybody on notice that this might go up for a vote subsequent to a 24-hour waiting period. And then that can happen. There's a sufficient discussion period that is allowed to take shape. Now, if things get contentious, typically that vote won't run yet. Unless there's a time constraint, you'll see that proposers tend to try and gain a good amount of consensus, really bake the best possible proposal before putting it up for vote. But otherwise, it goes up for vote and it gets its day on snapshot. And that's kind of it. From the rabbit hole side, because there is no token, every voice is sort of weighted equally. And so we just have to really establish what our values are as a community. And for every single proposal that we look at, just look at those values and say, hey, does this match up to what we initially established? Are these solving end user needs? Are these helping the protocol become more sustainable? And trying to vote as much as possible that caters to that. There's a lot of disagreement in terms of sometimes it could be a pretty big gray area, what that actually means, but improving each and every proposal. Seeing as how meta governance is like, as we talked about earlier, a subset of data DAO interactions and behavior, are there any other topics or themes that you guys want to touch on today? It doesn't necessarily have to be meta governance specific. I think one of the most interesting things about meta governance in general that I would love to talk about is how it takes the simple governance standard of token weighted voting and kind of takes it to one additional level. A lot of teams have tried to work on reputation-based voting and trying to not make it so that the largest token holders have all the say. What meta governance does is that it creates this additional structure on top of this simple structure of token-based voting and creates a new way of sort of interpreting it for the DAO to actually start making decisions. So you can actually have reputation-based voting through a DAO like Rabbit Hole, and then the output of the token vote still be token-weighted voting. I think as governance starts to evolve, we should look at other forms of governance, whether it's reputation-based voting or token-based voting. Meta-governance kind of provides this modular structure to how DAOs can start voting in the, in the future. And one thing that I'm specifically interested in is delegation in terms of governance. 
And in the past, I think it's individuals have mostly been the core delegates into a lot of these large DeFi protocols. But it might actually be more likely that DAOs become the largest delegates, not only because there's liability reasons, but also because it's easy to get a bunch of contributors on board for how actually a decision is made and start rotating them through in certain regards. We already started to see nonprofits like Shoe 5056 start to experiment with this a little bit, but I think it'll just be way more common to have DAOs with specific value add really started campaigning for governance instead of individuals. So we'd love to sort of see that evolve over the next year or so. I would love to just draw attention to, to I think really one of the opportunities in meta governance, very specific to Web3 as it relates to this. And really it's that Web3 is effectively built for positive sum partnerships and integrations. So whereas maybe a BlackRock could make some statements that they're interested in Larry Fink can say, hey, ESG is our jam. So we're always going to use our meta governance to vote in favor of ESG initiatives and those types of things. But at the end of the day, BlackRock's in a position where they can install CEOs, dictate strategy, those types of things. I think by extension, if you think of Index Coop sort of similarly using the meta governance power to affect positive change, I think it goes so much further in that we can really use that positive change to, like I said, affect those integrations that are gonna benefit our users. We can take a social stance if we want and empower the community to really sort of drive what that change might look like, which I just think is incredibly powerful, just really in keeping with sort of that Web3 ethos. And really, I think that strategic advantage, maybe that an on-chain indexer has relative to sort of that Web2 environment. If each of you has to take out your magical crystal ball and try to predict where this stuff is headed five, 10 years from now and, and where stuff shakes out on the governance side. What do you think that world would look like? I think we're going to see a lot more coordinated activity, like Brian mentioned. I think as we do these things, as we are successful in them, we're going to be able to coordinate at higher sort of strategic levels rather than just sort of participating, really influencing. I think the proposal process gets into that, participating in other protocols. I also think we're going to see resiliency really increase. I think that the reason why maybe some protocols have not been attacked is quite simply awareness, things like that. I think we're going to see protocols sort of try and take maybe some of that soft veto, maybe hard veto power that isn't related to the communicated process and try and get that in the established process, maybe build in some better controls around the on-chain voting, things like that. I think in order for meta governance to truly be useful, it has to be trusted. If we're going to go interact with a participant protocol, if we're going to coordinate two, three, maybe seven ecosystem partners to try and do something, to try and affect some change, we need to trust that all throughout that process and at the end, whatever happens is going to actually get executed. I think that that's one of the other things is kind of bolting the pieces together a little more tightly, communicating a little more clearly, and really building up that more robust framework, quite similar to kind of how we think about value in this token ecosystem really making sure that the plumbing is tight, building the best possible vaults for our products. We think about it the same way about governance is we want to make sure everything's buttoned up so that if and when we take actions, that the result is largely known and we can have some predictability around these things. Plus one to a lot of what Mel said, one of the most important things that we're just going to take out of the next few years is just how can we increase participation across the board via meta governance? with every single holder involved. So whether that is DAOs, like Index or Rabbit Hole kind of facilitating that, or otherwise, I think we'll just 
make it a lot easier for the small token holder to be involved in sort of greater collection decisions and for those things to have much more wider context. Because even now, a lot of these proposals aren't really making waves into traditional crypto Twitter or even marketing channels. And I think the opportunity for meta governance is how can we just show more about what actually is happening in governance and be part of the larger collective. We talked about this earlier, but I think the mental models that are useful for meta governance are thinking of people uh, like Index and Rabbit Hole, both as sort of like your Black Rocks, obviously, of the world and ISS, where they can make decisions on behalf of token holders. But I also think of them as almost like political parties that can sort of make delegated decisions on behalf of stakeholders and will also develop their own unique sort of identity and preferences sort of over time. You look at ENS, which probably is the most relevant example of a project with lots of groups sort of set up to vote. Like you have Coinbase, Rabbit Hole, some of the college clubs, G256. And I think we're still sort of figuring out how these different groups vote philosophically. But I think, yeah, like, I mean, look at some of the events of the past week. I think as key decisions have to start being made, I think that'll start to happen. And the cool difference between this process and political parties is if you think about each DAO as its own self-sovereign nation state, you can have these pretty global political parties that share philosophies between different countries, different locations, and you can start to see the sort of lines forming. Each meta-governance play will have their own specific strategy, their own specific philosophy that draws people. And that might be a selling point outside of just like the core product. Yeah, what, what you said, Derek, sort of reminds me how there's obviously political parties for countries, but there are sort of political parties for companies too. Sometimes shareholders are really management friendly. They're like, hey, you're the CEO. We're going to give you all the power, do whatever you want. And then some shareholders are shareholder friendly. They're really trying to optimize for the bottom line and trying to look out for the shareholder. So it'll be really interesting to see, as to Brian's point, like people set up their identities of what they vote for and kind of how their voting track record looks, what these kind of different identities in the protocol space will look like. It's a really interesting discussion and raising the point that there are politics involved. I do think DAOs can draw some parallels to sometimes more governments than businesses in a sense. I think philosophically, how I tend to think about meta-governance as it is within our organization over at IndexCoop, is really as a value driver for the products and community. We're a community of builders and innovators. We make decentralized financial products that are really designed to create prosperity for users. In our conception, right, of the, the best possible implementation here, it's really to drive value to those products. We've recently kind of split into our five core kind of functional pillars, product growth, community finance, and governance. Each one of those in its own way is a value driver. Governance through sort of operational excellence and then that meta-governance conversation and really, again, sort of building and driving those sort of synergistic relationships. That's kind of how we view it. We don't tend to, or at least I don't think, we tend to see ourselves as particularly political at this stage. Who knows kind of where it'll go with the community? And who knows, again, because also I'm inside this, <laughs> inside this community. So sometimes it's a little hard to self-reflect. I don't know, maybe Brian can give some insight there in terms of like what the ecosystem view of Index Coop is sort of philosophically. Really putting me on the spot here, Mel. <laughs> so are you asking for like what the outside view of Index looks like? I think so. Yeah. 
like, for example, we view rabbit hole as sort of at the forefront of education in the space and really bringing intentionality to these things. I'd love to hear, like I said, when you're sort of inside of an organization, I'm full-time over here. It's a little tough to know maybe what the ecosystem perception is. I'd love to know if there is one and kind of maybe what it is. And Yeah, totally. I mean, definitely we look a lot to index as sort of like the core inspiration for a lot of the efforts that we've been doing. We even tried doing a quest with index, I think of like February last year to try and figure out how to incentivize voting because I think one of the things that index was struggling with at the time is just how do we get more index holders involved in sort of the meta governance process. It was actually a huge failure in a sense because of those time windows that you were mentioning earlier in the episode. But yeah, really just trying to see index as this leader in a space of how it's trying to evolve. And there's a bunch of challenges going on right now, but I think it's a pretty wide open space. And to your earlier point about meta governance being an additional selling point into the products, that's kind of exactly how we look at it as well where protocols want to work with us, not just because we're giving them users, but because our contributors are actively managing tokens and making the protocol a lot more sustainable. So it's a huge selling point into our current product offerings as well. Come for the governance, stay for the community. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. Thanks for that answer, Brian. I appreciate that. I didn't hear the word political in there one time, so that makes me pretty happy. I think we're largely aligned there. And again, it kind of goes back to that challenge of, we know it's a value driver, but how do we measure it? And how do we really express that? So I think there's a lot of co-creation space there for our organizations and it's already largely happening, but I just see that really picking up as we kind of move through 2022 and beyond. So Brian, now this was an awesome discussion on meta governance. If people want to get involved with Index Co-op with Rabbit Hole and they want to get involved in the meta governance side of things, How do they do that? So one of the best resources to get involved with IndexCoop governance, if you head over to our docs at docs.indexcoop.com, it's going to give you a great intro into how to interact with the process. gov.indexcoop.com is our discourse forum. That's where we discuss most of our proposals outside of meta governance. And then Snapshot is where all those proposals get ported. The IndexCoop Snapshot page, and hopefully we can drop maybe a link in the show notes, Like I said, it's one channel where all of our meta-governance votes go, governance and meta-governance. You can go there, you can see the votes as they go live. Also, I can drop you a link for our governance dedicated Twitter account. All the proposals, meta-governance and regular proposals go out on that channel as well. And what I'd recommend is get involved, go take a look at the proposal if you're interested, sort of survey what's out there, and then come talk to us. We have regular governance meetings bi-weekly, as well as a plethora of more operational meetings and some of the more strategic stuff. But really, we would love to just sort of hear perspectives, have people get involved, really kind of come and join the discussion because we largely feel like we're building context maybe a little out ahead of some of the ecosystem, but we're all sort of on this learning journey together. And we would just love to have kind of more voices in there. For Rabbit you can get involved by joining our Discord. We have a meta-governance channel set up and a couple of meetings a week where contributors hop in. Nothing more than that right now. We're sort of still in the process of setting up a more formal structure. So looking at Index is a much more sophisticated ecosystem and looking to learn a lot from how Index does a lot of their meta-governance. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Mel and Brian, for coming on. I think this was a really engaging discussion about meta-governance. It's clear to me that we're still in the very early stages of this. I think you guys are two of the earliest projects starting to think about this stuff seriously. And we're sure to see a lot more lessons and learnings 
as this space evolves over the coming years. But yeah, really appreciate you guys taking the time and let's do it again soon. Thanks for having me. Like you said, I could see this conversation really developing quickly <laughs> over the next couple months, years. And the way I kind of think about it is just like basically governance sort of ever catching up to the interest that there is in the value aspect of these tokens. I think governance gives them the value. However, people only tend to really care about the value. I think we're getting to that point where this is becoming more widely recognized as that context gets built. And there's just going to be a lot more to talk about and think on as we move forward. Totally agreed. I think, I mean, one of the reasons Larry and I are working on Reverie is because we believe that governance is a nascent but increasingly important field that the people need to pay attention to. I mean, if you zoom back like a year and a half ago, probably like the first example of a major meta governance decision was like some of the early curve wars when urine holders voted on some of the where emissions, curve emissions go. And they obviously voted overwhelmingly to direct them towards urine. And the curve founding team ended up locking like all of their tokens, which was like 50% of the total supply to vote. I think this was like summer 2020. And we've yeah come a really long way since then. We're now at the point where there's we're starting to see on-chain proposals in with real impact and sort of real scale in terms of amount of money involved, long-term impact. And yeah, I mean, the more that happens, I think the more sort of protocol level decision-making and meta-governance will be important. So really excited to see that start to happen.